0: If you're like me uh, sometimes you have good ideas and more often than not it feels like you have bad ideas. It felt good when you thought about them but when you put them into action uh, didn't quite work out the way you'd anticipated. On Friday evening uh, leaving the calling hours uh, for Laza Katanic, it was just a humble display of how many lives Laza touched and just the amount of people that came out and were there to express their love and their condolences and support for the family, uh, but in my family it meant two of my siblings uh, had to park in the grass, and so when they were leaving, they both got stuck in the mud. And we stayed all the way to the end, and for uh, my oldest sister, Angela, uh, I, I and my brother and a cousin were trying to get her out, and it just wasn't working. She was really close to the concrete. It was like, this just needs a little bit of love and so I had the idea because we weren't uh, making any gaining any ground I said I think if we push further into the grass and you keep the momentum going you'll be able to, to just drive it out and sure enough it worked I was like oh that's great and so then we went over to my sister Jen's car she was more halfway on the concrete and so only a little bit on the grass but the engine was on the grass and so it was just we tried it and it wasn't working okay let's try that other idea again let's push you further into the grass and so we did, and then we got really stuck. <laughs> and it wouldn't have mattered how many people were left. This was a AAA call, and we're just going to have to wait till someone with a lot more power can come and get us out. And they did, uh, graciously, and uh, just a little bit muddy. But the idea felt good, sounded good. It worked one time, and didn't work another. and made it worse the other time, and that was frustrating. But for me, one idea that I did have more recently that has not yet backfired on me or made an embarrassment out of me uh, was in the very beginning of December uh, in a gathering that I was a part of, one simple verse of Psalm 146 was read that to me was powerful, but then it made me want to read all the verses before it, all the verses after it. And when I read it, I don't have a typical pattern of sort of, I don't have a theme verse of my life that's a favorite verse from the Bible. And when I think of a year, I don't, necessarily land on a particular verse that will kind of characterize uh, what I hope to uh, to be true within a year time frame but there in mid-December I just as I read Psalm 146 I sort of couldn't stop reading it. it it was just powerful it was touching me in ways that I didn't quite understand why or need and then I thought you know I think in in 2020 this would just be a great psalm to memorize and then we had an opportunity, uh, the four of us who are blessed to be on staff here at Lakeside, uh, to get together and have a mini retreat where we could all just together pray and talk about 2020. And so when we got together, um, I just had all of us take the time to read this psalm out loud, every one of us in our own voice. And it was powerful to hear it reread uh, in each of our voices. And that was uh, mid December not knowing how much then this psalm would be what i would go to uh, as i was thinking through now people very dear in my life who were going through profound loss and tragedy and struggling with things and is there a scripture that speaks to this and yes no i've been i've just been dwelling on this for weeks and weeks and it is powerful and it reveals the heart of god for so much of what we struggle with and the things that shock us and surprise us and the things that we have no words for. And so we're going to spend the first three Sundays of 2020 in Psalm 146. In such a short psalm, it communicates to us uh, what, what I believe the whole of the Bible says if we were to read it from beginning to end. It reveals to us who God is, why it is that we can trust him what it is that he's passionate about and why, therefore, it should be a joyful responsibility of ours to tell other people about him. So hopefully you're there. Psalm 146 on page 492. Uh, It hasn't backfired on me yet. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, hallelujah. That's the Hebrew word for praise the Lord. So the psalm opens with hallelujah and it ends with hallelujah, so if we 're reading it would be hallelujah, hallelujah, O oh, oh my soul, and then it ends uh, in the last with again hallelujah or praise the Lord it 's short but it is powerful, and it is the good news that we need and the good news that this world needs and breaking it up in three parts today we 're mainly going to look at the first Three verses, uh, but another reason that I came to it was anticipating that in this year, uh, in 2020, will be for our nation an election year. And just knowing that a lot of times that brings out for people some of their anxieties, some of their passions, and then sometimes uh, a lot of communication that isn't very kind to people who disagree with them. And just wanting, knowing that that happens every time, that I don't think that's new. Some people feel like it's new now, but it's not. It's just a part of the process that we have this amazing opportunity to participate. And in that participation, we're allowed to express our passions and our convictions. And we can get other people to be passionate with us in that. But in anticipating that, coming to verse three, as good medicine for my own soul because I'm as passionate about those things as anyone else and have my opinions but the caution of verse 3 to all of us to not put our trust in princes in any person in whom there is no salvation to me it's just a good word for us as followers of God to hear God wants us to pray for and support and participate in and run for office as we're able and be a part of the collective obligation that we all have as citizens of a democracy. All of that is good and all of that is what we are supposed to participate in. In participating in it, we also have the caution of God upon us to say but still don't ever put your trust or your hope in another person or in a process. And in his exhortation to all of us in that regard is a kindness of his to say don't ever put your hope ultimately or your trust ultimately in something that can be taken from you. And that's true in a collective way and that's true in an individual way. Love each other, do things together build your families, be involved in your schools, do all of those things. But if you ever put the weight of your trust and your hope in the things that can be taken away or completely changed overnight or perish, then you will live fairly consistently with a sense of anxiety that what you need could at any moment be gone. And our Heavenly Father, I believe, for each of us as His children, does not desire, though we might struggle with it, to live with a permanent sense of anxiety that what we need the most can be taken from us. But that we would live with a sort of resolve that what we need the most can never be taken from us. And in that posture, we participate and we rally, and we communicate, and we convene, but from a sense of our confidence in Him as the ruler over all things. And so the caution to all of us to not ever, and and believe me, I don't mean this in just a political sense. I mean this as a congregation, as we're seeking to think towards the future and raise funds to build an expansion, to say it about myself and any of the leaders here, please don't at any point in the process put your trust in us as fallible human beings. (laughs) We believe we're sincere and we're seeking him in prayer and we're looking to do things in an honorable way. But some people get just as burned, in fact, in some ways uh, more so when they put their trust in the leaders of churches and religious institutions. Like I need this to say, there's no salvation in me. There's no salvation in us. We're just in need of the salvation that we proclaim. We need each other to hold ourselves accountable to that, to recognize that. And so it's true of business leaders. It's true of parents. You could, you could substitute in the word princes, just leaders. Anyone who has responsibility over other people. Because they have responsibility, there's things they're supposed to do. But I long for that in my own uh, parenting of my boys. I want them to never doubt that I love them and that in every way I'm able, I want to be there for them. But I don't want them to ever put their ultimate trust or hope in me. They are now old enough to tell you that that's really wise. (laughs) They tell me that, that that's wise, that Yep, they're gonna do things different when they're old enough and have responsibility and how, how dad should be. So they're finally, you know, cross that hurdle to start to recognize that. But I can say to them, you might make different mistakes than me, but you're gonna make mistakes just like me, okay? <laughs> you will. And so how do you hold together that in love, care for, and passion to do the things that are important to us and to care and support the people that we are dear to us but to always still keep our trust ultimately in God and God alone as the one who can never be taken from us as the giver of salvation that no one else can steal from us and so the opening invitation of verse 1 is praise the lord ascribe your worship to the lord Don't worship anything else but the Lord. Love other things, care for other things, be involved in other things, but the giving of your heart to something that you trust in and place your hope in. Praise the Lord. And then immediately, as this is sort of an external call to people, like, come on, let's praise the Lord, is then by the psalmist, Praise the Lord, O my soul. The sense of, I don't want to just tell you to praise the Lord and prescribe medicine that I myself don't take. And so it's praise the Lord, but praise the Lord, O my soul, which is bringing it home personally, but also desiring and recognizing that it's possible to say things that we don't believe on the inside. And so there's, there's a possibility of singing a song about the Lord in praising the Lord, but not really doing it from the inside out. And so the psalmist in extending the invitation to praise the Lord and to ultimately put our trust in him is also saying in praise the Lord, oh, my soul, do it from the inside out. Do it not just with my words, but with my actions, not just when people are watching, but when no one knows that there would be a sense of integrity to the worship that's given But the way I've put this together in the bulletin is just, or in the PowerPoint, is just for you to see the sort of crescendo that is here in Psalm 146, 1 and 2. It's Hallelujah. Hallelujah, O my soul. Then I will praise the Lord as long as I live. What a statement. I want to do it from the inside out and I want to do it whatever comes my way. Praise the Lord as long as I live. I've lived long enough to know that life includes a lot of hard things (laughs) that I don't feel like praising the Lord for when they happen. And so the psalmist is saying, as long as I live, till death do us part, There is within this the sense of for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. Come what may, this longing and this desire in life to praise the Lord as long as I live. Well, why would we praise the Lord for as long as we live, come what may, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health, until death do us part? And then he says, I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. And so I want to praise the Lord all my days, and I want to praise the Lord days without end. I want to praise the Lord forever because the Lord is the only one with whom I will be forever. Forever. So at each point, there's this expansion. Praise him. Praise him from the inside out. Praise him, come what may all my days. Why would you do that? Because I'm going to be with him for all of eternity. As long as I have my being. And death is not the end of our being. God has created us to be with him forever. Forever. And so I want to praise him in every situation of life because he is the only one that can promise me life after life. He's the only one that can promise me eternal life. He's the only one that can assure me that when this life ends, my being continues. And that's what makes him alone worthy of our trust worthy of our ultimate hope. There's no person you're sitting next to. There's no job you can go to tomorrow. There's no process that you can be involved in this earth where someone can offer you that, that they would sustain your being forever, that your life, in fact, does not end in death, but that you can be with him in the goodness of all that he offers to his children forever. And if that isn't enough, then the psalmist gives us in the, the rest of this song of praise all of the reasons to continue to trust in this God, to give him our praise in our hope. He's the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. He's the one who keeps faith forever. He executes justice for the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry and sets the prisoners free, opens the eyes of the blind, lifts up those who are bowed down, loves the righteous, watches over the sojourner, upholds the widow and the fatherless. If he really does all those things, then praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will sing his praises all my days and I will praise him as long as I have my being. That there is someone who can keep all of those promises to all of those people in all of those situations in this life and in the life to come. And so it ends with hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I invite you to take your Bible to open it if you don't have it open still. That we just read this all together in all of our voices. Psalm 146. Page 492. Psalm 146. Let us hear this good news together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live I will sing praises to my God while I- Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and that you are worthy of our praise and our love. That it is our vision and our mission to love you. To never lose focus that you alone are God. That we are not the ones to be trusted in individually or collectively that we cannot bring about ultimate hope for salvation but that we have this wonderful opportunity to invite others to praise you to put their trust and their hope in you whose plans will never perish. We thank you that we can praise you in all the circumstances of life knowing that your eye is on us, that you do hear our prayers, that your heart is moved in the challenges that are in this world, that you care about the oppressed, care about the blind. You are watching over the sojourner. You are keeping faith that you can gather in your arms the widow and the fatherless. Father, I want to continue to lift up the Catanic family to you. In particular, Bernadette. She is a widow again. That she would know the promise of your word and the presence of your spirit that you are watching over her. And for her sons, Logan and Luca, that they would know in the absence of their earthly fathers still the hope and the help that they can find in their heavenly father that at the youngest of their capacities you would give to them the confidence and the faith that you are watching over them that your care and concern is with them and that you would move many, many people to express your love through their hospitality and generosity and care and concern. Father, help us here at Lakeside to be a community that loves you the most, believing that in doing that, we are then the best for one another, able to love and support each other in this journey of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.